Hey everybody, this is the Dead Pixels of the Internet bringing you the ASIN 2019 review. Yes, this is your host Lauren and Joe. So, 2019, 2019. it was a it's a bit of a strange year for ASIN this time because I think like they're getting big. <laughs> yes, they are getting large. I have to say, it's it's starting to be one of the biggest, the Mid- big Mid- premiere for the Midwest, big premiere in Midwest because I don't really count Dallas because Dallas is. South, really. <laughs> yeah, we'll say South. Mm-hmm. They're South. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Midwest would yeah, constitute us, and they're getting there because they, they did a lot of big changes for this one. Yes, I have to say is they really expanded, like, different areas, and a little bit, it was, they had, it's Camp Asin, Camp Asin 2019, I That say. was the theme for this year. Mm-hmm. Like, camps, and get little badges as well, too. Oh, yeah, you can go around, get little tiny badges, mm-hmm. and put it to, on your sash if you got one. Mm-hmm. Um... They moved the game room across from the um the, the dealer's room, the dealer's room mm-hmm. and the, within this almost the same area as the the artist alley too. Yeah, because this is currently the biggest game room I've been to. Yes. <laughs> so I'm just like, wow, you got like a lot of stuff here because mm-hmm. they included like VR in that one time too. Yeah. Uh, with along with the same time with the tournaments and all that stuff. The tournaments was on like pretty much on the back end, and then. The photo shoot people, photo shoot for your cosplay was there as well. That's like was in a different bracket as within yeah. the game room too. I feel like they did that because they just didn't know what the weather was gonna be. Yeah. So they just kind of like, you know, we'll just put it all inside. That way, there's no confusing. Like, if it's raining, just go inside. Uh-huh. <laughs> if it's if it's not raining, you go here. But I kind of figured that this it was better. Yeah. It was organized. It seemed like it seemed like okay, they put they place it here so it just be easier. Because sometimes, like, the if it's outside, some people get lost and sometimes confused. Like, there's no sign. Like, oh, this is, like... Yeah, this is Cosplay Area 7. Uh-huh. Like, where's Cosplay Area 9 at? Oh, don't know. Maybe yeah. it's further down this way. Or maybe it's, like, on the other side. But this is, like, here's all the cosplay shoots. Have it here in this area here. And have it organized. So I think that was a good plus for that. Yeah, that was cool. They also mm-hmm. s- streamlined getting into certain panels. Mm-hmm. So you ha- you had to check in with a like a staff member, and they'll give you a wristband. Mm-hmm. So they're like, "Oh, you're over eighteen. Okay, cool. That way, you're, it's gonna be a lot easier for everyone." Yeah, no, <laughs> not checking IDs. It's like because most people may dress up as different cosplays, but not carrying their wallet with them yeah. unless they go into this room. But you got your wristband on. You know, you can show it. Or if you decide to go, you can always go to customer service and get all these replaced. Yeah. So that was also a good win for them. Mm -hmm. They also had some pretty cool guests this year, too. Yes, they did. Well, Mm -hmm. we got to talk to Synergy. Yes, we have. The the group's not called Synergy. They're like, Mm -hmm. you know, four separate DJs. Uh, Four (laughs) separate DJs that was, was doing the performance... Of like of the of the Friday nights activities, yeah, and mm-hmm. the rave mm-hmm. and all that. So we got the interviews, and I was like, "Hey," because usually we we do voice actors, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's because that's what they have at ASIN people from the anime community that do voice acting or video game community as well. Too. Oh yeah, that mm-hmm. too. Uh, so this is the first time you know we ever had to do this with our interviewing music producers. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we were there for the um, Tokyo Chronos, but. It, they did not show up, mm-hmm. so I was just kind of. Then like, it was like miscommunications, I believe. So, so I was like, okay, well, at least we got one interview out of this thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was it's an interesting listen. Well, that's gonna come up soon. Um, but all in all, I had a really good time. Almost every year I go there, I don't, I haven't had a bad time since. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that's you know? awesome. I know you've been here way longer than. Uh, yeah, I've been there for at least this is my, f- <laughs> f- uh, since Asen's on. Uh, 
24 on um, 20 2004 so this is like my 15th year of going ASIN straight so pretty much all my years ASIN I always enjoyed it and this year no different I did enjoy my 15th year at ASIN and wow. looking for number <laughs> another 15 <laughs> no and I, I just say I go one year at a time yeah one year at a time because you know what made my door just want to continue on tradition Who wow knows? you're gonna pass the baton like actually. well not pass the baton but you know she does listen to watch anime like well Pokemon is anime uh-huh. so maybe she will get into different animes in, in the future but wow, I'm not be... and I won't force it to her but maybe she find her wow, that'd be such a like a weird time then I was like mm-hmm. wow that that's gonna happen too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like I, one thing I also liked is like they had this mini panel room also inside of the old room. So in case you were kind of tired, you won't see what people are doing in that side of the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had of course they had the big names there like Viz Media, Crunchyroll, Funimation, all the good guys there. Thanks to uh, Crunchyroll for passing out those bags. Oh they yeah, it was they, they it was like hotcakes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people were like here go take it and like and then they were gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you were unlucky. Sorry. That first, uh, first day. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, game room was still good too, and also the board game room was still just yeah, as good. Yeah, board too. game room was awesome. Yeah, I love playing board games, and you just sit down, and have a couple friends. Also, they were they weren't doing some of them weren't even doing like actual board games too. They were doing like you know one night werewolf for you just in a group, and then you gotta figure out who the werewolf is. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's cool. <laughs> you know, not just strictly board games and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Anyway, so yes, we enjoyed our time there, and we thank. You guys, the Ace and Press, like Ace, so Erica, much. and uh, and Sarah, Sarah. yeah. So because they recognize us, which is very nice of them to do. Mm-hmm. No one recognizes us. Nice no, kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'd like to thank them. And uh, hey, guess what? If you want to stick around and just listen to the cool interview we have uh, with the Synergy Rave DJs, mm-hmm. it's it's it, it, it used to be an hour long, but we cut it down to like a good sizable mm-hmm. time. Well, yes. Because uh, I usually I, our interviews last like thirty minutes and then cut that down, but I had to cut down an hour. It's like mm, that's a lot mm-hmm. to get through. But anyways, we'll see y'all next year. Um, so my first question is, uh, how are you guys feeling after last night? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we like I've been in ASEN like for three times. So and synergy for three times once at uh, soap bubble too um those are the two parties and um i always wanted to come with verbal and it just happened and it turned out really good so i'm really happy yeah mm. you guys were fantastic uh, like i've been three times as well four times um once just coming to see friends um but i started like way back when synergy was just starting out as well so it's been very cool seeing like how huge it's kind of become. It's very cool. Yeah, it's actually my first time at ASEN this year. And yeah, I was really surprised to like, see how everything was like really intense and really like, everyone was like really excited. Uh, and yeah, everyone did like a really awesome job, I think. And it was like, yeah, it was a really good party, I think. I was really excited. Do you guys plan them out and practice practice them almost religiously, or is it more just free flow? You kind of have a feel of the thing, music that blends well together. <laughs> Regarding like the sets. Yeah. Uh, usually, so 
I'm I'm like a producer at first. I'm not really a DJ, so I practice and rehearse a lot. So for my sets, I try to make everything like in key and somewhat coherent. So it's almost like really prepared, but it's it's for the best to have like something coherent and fun. So personally, yeah, I practice like a lot before doing any kind of shows like this. Um, I'm I'm pretty much a producer <coughs> first as well, uh, but I. I kind of know what songs work well because I just listen a lot to the music uh, and I, I don't really, it's as bad as this may sound, I don't plan things and <laughs> think like I'm going to play this because the crowds will like it, I just play music that I like and hopes that other people will like it. So I, I don't really need to plan as much because I already kind of know the songs. Um, but for things like this then, I, I, you know, like Moy was saying, like you kind of, you know maybe what if two songs go well together and then like you kind of pair them up so that they all kind of match like, harmonically um, so yeah kind of half and half planning and not planning well, like, we don't really have rehearsals but we do actually talk about what we should be doing or like we discuss about um, things we play to like the Candice songs that we play um but we've been doing this group for like 20 years so um it's what we we rehearse once in a while but like a lot of times we just go with the flow thank you yeah um so i guess how much of your time is spent or how much djing do you do you do versus producing and like i guess how are those different like here? um like ask like as for Enflow, we're in the production of like we're in, in the album mode, and we've been ma making album for like almost a year and a half. It's, it's taking quite a long time, but so we're we're more focusing on um, uh, production recently. But after we're done with the album, I think we'll be doing stuff together. We'll be having more live together, I guess. I'm just gonna leave it. Um, yeah. So. Taku obviously DJs a lot. He just mentioned that he's been in Ascent for the last couple of years. Um, I jumped in last minute, actually last month, because I've heard about you know Ascent for ages. So you know it's good being here for the first time. And to answer your question, um, yeah, we I've been DJing a lot on my own before, but now I'm focusing more on like this group thing, trying to get new music, you know, before I get out on the field again so yeah you know and yeah we, we just talked about how we can like i i produce beats he makes rap right mm -hmm. but we, we're both both producers in different perspectives too and uh, we we're talking about we can even dj together which we've never done before so that might happen soon too um i don't really DJ much uh, because the music that I play so I live in Scotland, Glasgow um, and there's not really any Japanese type music scene over there <laughs> so I mainly DJ, well I DJ a lot when I go to Japan, maybe over three or four shows within like the two weeks that I'm over um, but I mainly just sort of focus on the production side of things so. Should DJ more though, he was super dope last night. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you <laughs> and him too. <laughs> yeah, I mostly produce as well. Uh, I like fairly recently learned how to DJ because I had to 
get to Tokyo and like kind of start you know sharing my music so I kind of like learned on the spot and kind of learned how to DJ through the Tokyo scene um, which is a really welcoming scene for like beginners like me so now it's been maybe like a, a year or two but yeah I mostly mainly produce all the time and whenever I try to like do shows that's only the time like I DJ but production first yeah um, I know you guys are mainly producers, so I was kind of wondering who was um, basically the main influencers to kind of get you guys into producing, and who influences your work today. I think I think we will we'll feel very old, like because <laughs> 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 here we're you know, older. But um, um, the person who influenced me a lot is uh, Pizzicato Five and uh, <coughs> Toate. He used to be in a group called Delight. He's the guy who made the groups in the heart. So, um, um, Shinichi Osawa, um, those three are my biggest inspiration in verbal way. Like, about you? Man, you got me, I don't know. Um, <laughs> P. Diddy. <laughs> um, so I'm not, I'm not like, um, I didn't really start out programming, I kind of fell into producing groups and almost like a and Ring. You know, um, I was asked to be a judge for this audition in Japan called ASEAN, where I was supposed to just select female hip-hop artists, or hip-hop artists, and then um, I selected a couple artists, and, you know, next thing I know, they were like, you gotta produce them. So, you know, I was, of course, had Taku help me out, um, and then th I, I just stuck, I just fell in love with the whole process, um, you know been doing it ever since. You, you've been doing this since high school. Like, you, you, you found like elementary school kids to make them start rapping and stuff. Well, what, what, what to be more exact, um, my then girlfriend's younger brother wanted to rap, so I had him hop on my set for like the um, high school talent show. So yeah, if, you, if, you're, if you're referring to that, I was yeah. producing since you're, high school. You're a natural yeah. born producer. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess you could say that. Uh, I've been really influenced by uh, like French house, I guess, because I come from Normandy, from France, and my parents are like huge like music fans, they've been into like house music for like a long time, even like during the 90s. So big influence are obviously like Daft Punk and like maybe like artists like Mr. Oizo, like really like French music. And then when it comes to the Tokyo scene, Amflow <laughs> is a big influence, <laughs> along as like, you know, Tofu Beats and stuff. So <coughs> yeah, these are like my main influence, mostly like French house and like groovy like house music from the Tokyo scene. Something that's been like really like driving what I do. Um, I'm kind of like all over the place with things that like I started off doing like metal music and stuff in high school, mm -hmm. uh, like in bands playing guitar. So I still listen to that stuff now. But mm -hmm. um, then I got into like Japanese like video game music mainly, and then it progressed from there. So uh, I started to listen to like Perfume and these guys which is why it's pretty surreal like sharing the stage with them last night um, and there's a sort of niche genre called Shibuya K which is kind of not really a thing anymore but like 15 years ago it was pretty big um, like I still adore that sort of music so that's I don't really listen to much like new music but the, the older stuff I'm still finding out about and it's, it's amazing so. 
Um, so you can basically just do your own thing. Once you find something that really clicks with what you want to do, um, it makes everything easier. Thank you. And uh, I used to be a Cubase user, but now Ableton user. Um, and well, you know, let's face it, everyone uses Massive, Serum, Silent mm. One. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 We, always, we always that, but we always look for something different too. And the uh, recent one that I like was from uh, Roly. Roly is a company that makes, uh, um, you've seen the uh, La La Land and mm. the place where they can back keyboard. It's a, it's no, a hard. No, yeah, yeah. yeah, so they, they also make a, a synthesizer, and since that synthesizer by them is like really interesting. And um, yeah, but I mainly, like a lot of the stuff I make is very uh, sampling oriented. So I, that's the reason why I like uh, Ableton. And I like Ableton Push because I'm, I can chop samples really easy. So there you go. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, we, uh, I program few maps. <laughs> we all answer the man behind the board. <laughs> <coughs> So I know that uh, some of you have been featured in rhythm games, like Rhythm on the series. Uh, has that, have the rhythm games influenced your music in any way? And I guess, uh, do, you, uh, do you have any more aspirations about rhythm games? Well, we, we were like in like, what, which beat mania was? We were in like first and second style, like the original ones. Yeah, we were like <laughs> right. OG of the other but ever thought about it? Like that, you know? Did you know that like people in like like outside Japan were playing our, like our music in the game? Well, that's something that um, an interesting point that you brought up because, um, as you probably know, there's a big divide between what's going on in Japan versus something like what you guys do here. You guys celebrate anime and Japanese culture, which is sort of unbeknownst to the rest of Japan and what's going on in Japan. Whereas through Beat Mania, it, our music traveled overseas almost without any interference or, you know, um, any, um, um, what, yeah, interference. So for us, we thought that was, that was a big hint for us, you know. <coughs> Um, and Taku's been talking about ASEN, which I'm, I'm sort of very new to this scene, as you could probably tell. So he's been talking about, you know, all the anime expos and the events that he's been DJing and how much there's so much, how, how much energy there's been. So um, I've been tagging along with him since last year's LA Anime Expo. And I've seen how, you know, like people who come to these events like appreciate the Japanese culture way more and they have like very in-depth knowledge which kind of helps them to be more hyped up at these events and parties and such so um, I kind of went off tangent but yeah for us like you know we really appreciate this whole you know rhythm game <coughs> culture yeah so piggybacking actually off of that how do you feel about the fanfare seeing the differences seeing the cultural shifts coming from Japan and everything else and how Americans approach it and just um, kind of going from how you live in Japan to coming here and basically kind of having that celebrity like status here also and just with it being so huge in here in America I don't know if it's a celebra celebrity <laughs> well, here thing, at ASIN, but 
Like, but, <laughs> but but we we really feel that you guys love the music and what the culture is about, like almost more than some of the Japanese people when we perform. Like when we go to festivals, they get hyped up just because they want to get hyped up because you know it's it's like a daytime festival. It's almost like ultra music festival type of thing. But here, you know, people just want to celebrate because that's what they've been almost studying or they've been checking out. And then when they meet other people who's into this culture and see people that they only heard online or, you know, they probably couldn't even buy the CDs in their respective countries. So when they come here and see, like, I don't know, someone like us, like, get on set, it's like almost, you know, the actual, you know, um, characters playing their parts. So, you know, I think, I think, um, there's like a synchronicity, uh, synchronicity there, yeah, <coughs> between the people who appreciate in us. There's definitely some fangirling yesterday. Yeah, so so just just to kind of throw this in there too, we we I I personally was very very. I'm sorry for keep talking. Like you know, I'm gonna shut up after. No. <laughs> Please keep talking. Um, what what really really surprised me was when we were on set yesterday as well as from these other um, festivals, anime festivals, people were, you know, predominantly not Japanese. Mm -hmm. I mean, I thought, you know, coming from outside in, it would be like Japanese Americans or Japanese people who happen to live in the, you know, regions or territories who are like, oh, they miss Japanese culture and they come to these events. But it's like, I don't see any Japanese people here or any, you know, Japanese related, you know, entities or corporate people here. It's just people who love the culture and um, and what really really surprised me was that everybody was singing our songs in Japanese and when you know um, Moe's shop was playing some tune at the end, you know, the um, Tofu, tofu beat yeah. song like everybody was on stage singing a Japanese song <laughs> so I thought that was the coolest thing you know um, we didn't really need to like translate like people just already understood the culture so it was so much love in the air and you know it was, it was awesome yeah it was it was a lot of fun I think like I've done only like uh, two other like conventions in the US before uh which actually the only other one I did is Anime Expo. I've done it twice, and yeah, the the feeling from like this kind of crowd is like very different than what you would get in Tokyo. It's like it's they're both like awesome, but it's like a really different feeling because if you're like playing in like big clubs in Tokyo, it's like really like party people like enjoying the music and the culture too. But in like the U.S. Anime Expo or like ASEN with Synergy, it's like people are like really passionate and they don't have this opportunity like often just to see like M-Flow like in the US or stuff like that so yeah it's really good to just like see like people really enjoy the culture and be like really passionate and just like scream the lyrics <coughs> along with like everyone playing it so it's always like a great like feeling to just like like be with the crowd just like enjoy the music together like um so first year I came was 2010 I think and the, the sort of artists that have come since then like it's changed quite a bit but the same sort of hype and energy from the crowd hasn't changed like at all it's still like 110% which I find very cool uh, especially since like back then it was very 
it wasn't very but it was a lot more niche because it was like just mainly Japanese hardcore artists and like rhythm game artists um, but yeah like Moi was saying it's it's definitely different from Japan because Japan I mean I guess they all experience it anyway and they can decide one weekend if they want to go out and see these artists but it's over here it's like a huge thing um, so yeah like the, the, the energy is definitely a lot more different over here uh, and it's very humbling and cool to think that these people like really give it their all when they, when they come out to these shows. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm fairly new to all of this. It's my first time performing at an anime convention. Uh, it's my first time performing in the US as well. I played some shows in Japan and it was like my first time that I could see it's like a different crowd. Um, in Japan it's like they said, um, people looking to party, like they, they would know the artists, they perform often, so they know what they can expect, but this is like, uh, people who come to these conventions, they don't usually have the chance to see these artists, because they're predominantly in Japan, um, or maybe 2AX, um, and like I saw a guy wearing a shirt that I made, and I haven't advertised it at all, like I didn't put out a link for that shirt, but he somehow find it, found it on the internet. And Ward, and I was like, oh, this, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can definitely like see just the appreciation of like the people coming to these events for the artists. Like they're not just there to, just because it's like an event, they're actually there for the artists. And going back to the question, was about the artist, uh, was about being made in DDR, right? So yeah. Yeah. Did that, it, was that, did that give you influence? Or? Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, rhythm games um, have always been a big part of what I enjoy, the music, the, of course the gameplay and all that. I've never been in any rhythm games, but who knows, <laughs> maybe, maybe someday. Um, but over like the last few years, ever since I started music, it was like definitely a big influence in what I want to do. I, I suck. <laughs> <laughs> I think we both suck. But um, um, we're very, we're grateful that we're in the the game and and I've been making I recently I've been making music for our videos here and I think in the near future I'm flow might who knows flow might have some uh, song there too. Will you play big games or you guys are not? Um, in Glasgow there's like never been anything like that. I remember in like 1990 uh, when DDR was like first becoming a thing there was maybe like one cabinet but that got wrecked pretty quickly <laughs> and it's, uh, it's never been nothing since then so um I didn't really start music because of rhythm games. Uh, I just kind of like fell into that sort of scene as well. Um, I've had a couple in um, like a Capcom game and uh, a thing called Technica uh, 3 and I'm currently working on another rhythm game I can't say much about at the moment. but um, So it's, it's very humbling like being able to do these things now because I never thought I'd work with these companies, uh, especially since <coughs> like where I'm from it's a very abnormal thing for a person like me to be able to break out into like a scene like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but over over the years, it's definitely became more of an influence for sure. So. Yeah, I uh, I kind of also like fell into like this like uh, rhythm and culture a little late, but I had the opportunity to have uh, now like two tracks on Dance Rush uh, through the help of like Kosuke, which is someone I really respect. And also like a you know rhythm game legend, and uh, yeah, it's it's a really cool feeling because I got to like produce knowing that it would be for a rhythm game, which is like a really different process of production because yeah. you can be like oh 
can kind of like trick people with like weird like rhythms or something to just make it a little more fun so it was like a really exciting process and it's also like really humbling to have this music that's shared in like all the arcades like in Japan but also like in Korea and like in the US so yeah everything in culture is like something I really appreciate and I, I also still like suck at rhythm games <laughs> I'm really bad <laughs> but they're yeah it's a great opportunity and that was fun to do just let you know Korsuke is really good and really we, li- we like this really good <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> I know here, um, especially at Anime Central, there is a scene of people who want to make the music that you guys do. Is there anything that you want to say to those who are starting off uh, producing their own music? Oh, well, um, back in the day, so when I started music, that was when we actually started music together almost like in high school and didn't know what was going on we didn't have youtube back back in the days <laughs> just had to learn from my, ourselves but um so the, the biggest issue is that and, and also the greatest issue is that um music has become so uh very convenient to make if, if you have a laptop and if you have a software you can make uh music really quick with uh, very good sound the, qual- like the average of the quality of producers are like yeah. much much higher than before mm-hmm. and uh, and and the, the, the toughest part is it's very hard to sound original from that because we all use the same synth back in the day mm-hmm. we had hard synths and people used different synths someone was using Roland someone was using Korg or mm-hmm. you know and someone who was trying to make it sound like Roland was using a coarse synthesizer, but no matter how you tweak it, it, it will never turn out that way, but that created something different, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's, so in that perspective, it's harder because like, if you if you think like, okay, wow, Marshmallow made, made a very cool song, you go to YouTube and they explain how to set it up, or they even have a preset for that. Mm-hmm. Boom, Marshmallow. And everyone sounds like Marshmallow, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so, um, I, I'd say you, uh, the best thing is, you know, just, uh, well, just, it's, I think it's okay to, like, do what you feel is cool, like, if the other people are cool, but just try to find something, something a bit different, and it's, it's, it's okay to make a mistake, and mistake creates originality, I think, mm. what do you guys think? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'd say, like, um, you don't need expensive equipment to make good music at all. Uh, I've spent a lot of money on things that now I don't even touch because all I need is a laptop and a set of headphones. Um, also, in terms of like making sounds, maybe listen to artists that you like, try and figure out what what type of sound it is, whether it's a lead or a pad or a bass or whatever, and then figure out maybe what the fundamentals are of that sound, like the actual waveforms, saw waves, triangles, etc. And then maybe take presets, like every single knob and parameter to figure out what that is actually doing to that sound. And then you'll be able to slowly understand how you can make your own. Um, because yeah, as Taku, it's a very easy way and an easy thing to just like Google and YouTube how to make blah, use that in a song, but you'll just sound just like them, so you won't be 
original or anything. Maybe that's what you want to mm. sound like, but um, yeah, it's a bit like oversaturated with certain sounds these days. So I, feel. Yeah. I think like creati- creativity comes from like all the influences you have with like whether it's like all the early like so it's like you know as long as you kind of try to make uh, the kind of music that you like really like from this artist and this artist at the end kind of becomes like a whole mess that is like your own creative like input and so I think the only like really hard thing to do when you're like trying to start and making music is like to like break out of comparing yourself to a whole scene that now is like really like it's really big and it's like it's like like 24-7 like music everywhere so I think it's all about just like kind of being like you know aware of the scene but like kind of letting yourself go and just like making what you like and uh, just yeah going with the flow and just like not really caring too much about you know showing everyone or appearances or all that have you ever had a hummer? Oh, asking me? Yeah. Well, in, it's weird for me to say in front of all the guys who are DJing now, but the way I got into DJing was um, there was a moment when I was turning 30. Um, a friend of mine had a, this party in Tokyo where they forced rappers who's never DJed by the time they turned 30 to DJ. <laughs> so, so it was called the, it was called the Dirty 30 Party. <laughs> so he asked me and there's only 15 people at the party. So I was like, yeah, why not? It's like, whatever, you know, it's almost like my friend's like birthday party or something. So never touched CDJ before. And for some reason I had no time to practice. I jumped on set and brought like, two CDs, which is not enough to (laughs) do like an hour set, but for some reason I was able to manage. Um, Really nervous, felt like eternity, but that's how I jumped in. And um, the aha moment I had was when you just kind of jump in, you know, to Tanuki's point, feeling perhaps uncomfortable, that's when you realize certain things, you know. Mm -hmm. So, from subsequently I started DJing at these other parties because people asked me they were saying oh you were great I was like oh um not really but I was like hey you know if you say so and I started doing one party too and it became like many and at at you know later I started DJing at Ultra and Tomorrowland and you know I, mean, I never thought like 30 30 party would lead to <laughs> these, these gigs so I think I'm um, keep you know keep pushing yourself and not staying confined to your comfort zone it creates the aha moments I mean it always for me in my life it's always always led to an aha moment every time you try to step into like a zone that you just not aware of or don't know anything about so you know that was my experience yeah, and also aside from uh, all the quests that we're coming back, uh, M Flow will be releasing a new single. Um, we'll be releasing uh, uh, two singles in a row uh, on uh, a digital, and we'll be releasing a CD single too in uh, July. And we're working on the album, so yeah. Uh, please check our Twitter or Instagram. And yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. 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 Thank you.